This is The Guardian. Today, the billion-dollar lawsuit blowing the inner workings of Fox News wide open. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cast your mind back to November 2020. And it is 7 o'clock on the East Coast, which means polls have just closed in half a dozen states. The most closely watched state at this hour is... Everyone on the edge of their seats, waiting for the results from a handful of American states that at least felt like they would decide the future of American democracy. One of the most important states was Arizona, and the first network to call it for Joe Biden was Fox News. The Fox News decision desk is calling Arizona for Joe Biden. That is a big get for the Biden campaign. That night, it came as a shock that such a partisan news channel was choosing to put the truth over what its viewers wanted so badly to be true. And those viewers, they were pissed. And they're actually chanting, Fox News sucks. Fox News sucks. The reason why they're chanting that is because Fox News... And pretty soon, Fox got in line. Its biggest stars started echoing the wild conspiracies being spread by Trump and his allies. Breaking news this morning on the software that President Trump says was weaponized against him. But the media has no interest in any of this. But you and I do... As we should. The fact of the matter is that this president is looking at the prospect of having this election stolen from him. This backflip, questioning an election result their own journalists knew was legitimate, was pretty breathtaking to watch. But it might also be pretty expensive. It's made Fox News the target of a billion-dollar lawsuit. One that's dragged in its 91-year-old boss, Rupert Murdoch, and exposed what's really driving the network and its biggest stars in their own words. Thank you for watching. We appreciate it. In case you haven't noticed, it's hard to trust anything you hear right now. We've heard you. We're grateful that you trust us, and we will try to be worthy of your trust. From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, what Fox knew and what it might cost them. Ed Pilkington, your chief reporter for Guardian US, and this is a story about a scandal involving Rupert Murdoch and his media empire, and it's far from the first. What do we know about the way Murdoch has handled controversies in the past? Well, I think it's worth, at the beginning, remembering just how gigantic this figure is. He he became chief of his first newspaper in Australia 71 years ago. And over the last seven decades, he has transformed the media landscape, being in Australia, then in the UK, across Asia, and right across the United States. And 
in that time, he's also had an exceptional number of scandals that he's had to deal with. I mean, if you think back to phone hacking in 2011, which was a story close to The Guardian's heart because we broke it, that was a massive headache for Murdoch and his media empire. Do you walk this fast all the time? Anyway, I'm running away from you guys. <laughs> but Murdoch can't run away from the reality that his global empire has been exposed to rot so deep he is quickly shutting down the news of the world for good. It was an extraordinary attempt to contain the phone hacking scandal and prevent its the rot spreading to other parts of his media empire. Okay, and is there a pattern to the way that Murdoch usually handles these scandals? Well, I think there is a pattern. I mean, it begins with you try and make the scandal go away by paying people off to to remain silent. Now, if that fails you, you plead ignorance. The key of all this, I think, is keep the scandal at arm's length. Keep it away from you. And, And that's what he did. It caused huge damage to the company, reputational and financial. But Murdoch survives, the company survives, he lives on to fight another day. So he he really has proved himself to be an extraordinary survivor. Okay, so with that history in mind, let's get to this latest scandal, one that begins in the aftermath of the 2020 election, with Donald Trump's insistence that the results that he had in fact lost to Joe Biden could not be trusted. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. What was Trump arguing back then? I think Trump himself threw everything he could at the wall. He just threw whatever he could think of. So he went from one wild conspiracy theory to another. But the lawyers around him quite quickly started focusing in on this issue of voting machines. We have a company that's very suspect. Its name is Dominion. With the turn of a dial or the change of a chip, you can press a button for Trump and the vote goes to Biden. What kind of a system is this? Perhaps because technology is so little understood, it's an easy one to to try and start spreading misinformation around. And so they started to suggest that the voting machines had been somehow co-opted by a vast international conspiracy Right, these voting machines run by a company called Dominion. What were these conspiracy theories? How bizarre did they get? They became extraordinarily bizarre. The company counting our vote with control over our vote is owned by two Venezuelans who were allies of Chavez. They created this whole sort of paranoid, bizarre theory that suggested that Dominion had been founded in Venezuela by Hugo Chavez, when in fact it was founded in Canada. Is a close associate and business partner of George Soros, the biggest donor to the Democrat Party, the biggest donor to Antifa, and the biggest donor to Black Lives Matter. My goodness, what do we have to do to get you to give our people the truth? Okay, none of this makes a lot of sense, but I'm going to go with you here, Ed. They're making these claims, and often they're making them on none other than Fox News. How is Fox treating what they're saying? We start in the days after the election by seeing Fox cover the story, as everyone indeed was, as as a news story. But quite quickly, we start to see actual Trump insiders, particularly Giuliani and Sidney Powell, being invited on air 
to give an account of their conspiracy theories directed against uh, Dominion. Welcome back. I'm back with Sidney Powell, who is part of President Trump's legal team in contesting this election. Sidney, we talked about the Dominion software. I know that there were voting irregularities. Tell me about that. That's to put it mildly, the computer glitches... Could... Uh, and to talk about this vast international conspiracy, quite often without being corrected or challenged by the hosts who had invited them on. And we've had singled out four in particular, Sean Hannity who is perhaps Trump's closest friend within the Fox empire, Lou Dobbs and Maria Bartiromo of Fox Business, which is the sister channel to Fox News, and Tucker Carlson, who is perhaps at the forefront of the, the march within Fox News towards far-right uh, tropes. Ed, what you're describing here is this very clear shift in the way that Fox News was tackling the 2020 election results. What looks like a decision to go from maybe grudgingly accepting the results, calling Arizona for Biden and then other crucial states like Nevada and Pennsylvania, to giving a nightly platform, to people arguing, actually, none of that is right, it's all a scam and they're stealing the election. What do we know about what was happening behind the scenes that might explain this shift that you're talking about? Well, we're starting at a picture of a media company that's rather divided. On the one hand, you have very upstanding news journalists and political reporters who are following the events of the election closely and accurately. But at the same time, we know that at the very senior levels of the company, there was almost a sense of panic setting in. And we see in emails that have emerged. We see Rupert Murdoch emailing Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox News, just a few days after the election, complaining that Fox was, quote, getting creamed by CNN. Hmm. And Fox potentially had reason to be afraid because at that time they were bleeding viewers to outlets that were even further to the right than they were, and notably Newsmax and OAN. And so there was a real sense that they, if they weren't careful, if they upset Trump, that would wear very, very badly with Fox News viewers who were overwhelmingly supportive of Trump. And as a result, the company could see them defect to Newsmax and OAN, and that would be extremely bad for ratings and for the, the company's whole economic model. Joining us now, President Trump's personal attorney, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Rudy, good to have you back with us. Uh, let, let's, uh, Perhaps significantly that after that email was sent, that we started to see this shift towards Fox News host starting to air the conspiracy theory and invite conspiracy theorists like Giuliani and Powell onto their broadcasts. So you're quoting here directly from an email that Rupert Murdoch sent to the CEO of Fox, telling her, in his words, we're getting creamed by CNN in the ratings. How do you know that he said that? Well, therein lies the story. Dominion, the uh, voting machine company that was at the centre of the conspiracy theory that was being amplified by Fox, is now suing the company and is claiming no less than $1.6 billion in damages because of the harm the company says it faced from all these claims against it. Interesting. So as part of this lawsuit, they've managed to get their hands on how many emails are we talking here? I think it runs to thousands. I mean, in the civil action against Fox, they've demanded to see any relevant documents, which is legally required in, in such a case. And as a result, we're just getting this extraordinary mountain of information about the inside, very inside workings of Fox that we never, ever normally get to see. 
Mm, this is like an x-ray of what was going on inside this corporation at a really important and dangerous time for the U.S. What do these emails show us? Well, they're, you know, they're absolutely fascinating. Fox watchers can't believe what they're reading. I mean, I've, I've been speaking to several, you know, veteran Fox observers and, and their jaws are kind of communally dropped. They just, they're stunned by what they've been seeing in these emails. And I think at heart, what it shows is that what Fox News was presenting its millions of viewers as the biggest cable news company in America was not the same as what the people who was carrying that message, i.e. The, the top stars of the network, were saying and thinking in private. There's Sean Hannity, who in an email said about Sidney Powell, central to Trump's legal team putting out these conspiracy theories, quote, I did not believe it for one second. Hmm. So the question must be asked, by the way, don't expect the media mob to ever ask it. Are Dominion systems prone to human error? 72 million Americans voted for Donald Trump. All of them, all of us deserve an answer. That's, that's not how he came across in his own show to his own viewers. No. Then there's Tucker Carlson, you know, complete controversialist. Now, he said in private emails that Trump post the election in terms of running the stone on election campaign, he was, quote, demonic. Wow. And he said of Sidney Powell that she was an unguided missile and dangerous as hell. Like us, they have not seen a single piece of evidence showing that software changed votes. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. It might have happened. If Sidney Powell can prove the technology company switched millions of votes and stole a presidential election, she will have almost single-handedly uncovered the greatest crime in the history of this country, and no one will be more grateful for that than us. So, you know, you can see that the messages they were putting out to their viewers are very different to their private conversations. Mm, I mean, they knew that this theory was totally baseless, and yet they were going on air night after night, giving airtime to people saying the exact opposite. Absolutely right. And and when their own colleagues started correctly saying that there was no truth in any of these lies about Dominion and the other conspiracies that were floating around, they actually campaigned to have their colleagues sacked. And I'm talking about Tucker Carlson here. We now know that when one of his colleagues, Jackie Heinrich, put out a tweet saying there was absolutely no truth to the idea that votes had been changed on the voting systems during the election. He sent out a message to higher up saying, please get her fired seriously. What the F? Wow. I'm actually shocked, he said. It needs to stop immediately, like tonight. It needs to stop, not because it was untrue, but precisely for the opposite reason, because it was true. Right, and he said, it's measurably hurting the company. The stock price is down, not a joke. So there's the sting. He's saying it has money issues at the end of it. And as we know, money has always been something close, particularly to Rupert Murtoch's heart. Three years later, we now know that this big lie, the idea that the American election was stolen, may have been profitable for Fox News, but it was also incredibly destructive for America. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. We will not 
take it anymore, and that's what this is all about. And on top of that, it may also have been defamatory of this company, Dominion. What exactly is Dominion arguing in this case? It's bringing a defamation suit against Fox, claiming that uh, the company has been seriously and financially damaged. And just last week, it put out the latest filing in the case, which is a really rather extraordinary document. And it sort of rather says it all at the very, very top of the document. It begins with just two words, Fox knew. Hmm. And it goes on to say from the top down, Fox knew the quote-unquote Dominion stuff was total BS. Wow. And that's the start of this legal document. So you you can see the kind of tone at which they're going at Fox. It's very direct, very angry, and, you know, it's pretty serious. And so this is a defamation lawsuit. They're suing a media company for defamation. How easy are these kinds of lawsuits to win usually? Extraordinarily difficult. And that's why as we get closer to trial, which is set for April the 17th, uh, we're starting to see the whole thing hot up. The trial itself is expected to last at least a month, which is an indication of how complicated this material is. It's traditionally extraordinarily difficult in America for defamation cases to work against public figures and, you know, media organisations are obviously public organisations because of the First Amendment. It's quite broad. It protects things like privacy, the right to protest in public, but, you know, vitally it protects freedom of speech and freedom of thought. It allows news organisations and other public outlets to say and to report and to broadcast whatever they want about public figures as long as they're not doing so maliciously, knowing that what they're doing is a lie or is false or being reckless about the truth. And so what does it take for a company like Dominion to win a case like this? What do they have to prove? Right, under, under the f- terms of the First Amendment, as interpreted by the US Supreme Court in a number of, of critical rulings, you have to be able to show what's called absolute malice. And that's a very, very difficult standard to, to meet. In essence, you have to be able to show that the person who you you think has defamed you put out information that was not only wrong, but that they knew to be wrong at the time they made those statements. Either they knew it to be wrong or they recklessly and negligently put out the information uh, without regard for its truth. And it is no surprise that there very rarely is defamation successful in America because Mm. that standard is so hard to meet. Interesting. Absolute malice, potentially like an admission by major presenters that they know something is untrue but are pushing it anyway because it's keeping the stock price high and their viewers watching. Right. And that's where this lawsuit is starting to get very interesting and actually potentially very, very dangerous for Fox because we're starting to get material out of the horse's mouth in which they admit that they knew that what was being put out on their shows and on their channels was a lie. And that goes to the heart of absolute malice. Is it enough to prove absolute malice? Well, that's for the trial to decide. We don't know yet. 
Okay, so it's in this context that we learned last week that Rupert Murdoch himself had been deposed in this case. Tell me about that deposition. What did Murdoch have to say? This story we've been discussing of a, of a media company facing challenges and legal peril, it just shot up to a completely different level. As a result of two days in January, January the 19th, January the 20th, when Rupert Murdoch himself was called in uh, to deposition, that means uh, interview under oath, by Dominion's lawyers. And just last week, in the latest filing by Dominion, we saw excerpts of what he told that deposition. And it's pretty jaw-dropping. He began by admitting that at least four Fox hosts, of the, four of the top hosts, Hannity, Janine Pirro, Dobson Bartiromo on Fox Business, had, and this is the key word, had endorsed the election denial lies that Trump was putting about and the conspiracy theories about Dominion. Dominion's lawyers leapt on that word endorsed and pressed Murdoch on it. And, uh, and under that intense questioning, he said this, he said that some of our commentators were endorsing it by it he means the conspiracy theories. And he went on, yes, they endorsed. Then he went on to say that he himself had seriously doubted the lies from the very beginning. He didn't think there was any truth in them. And then, pressed by Dominion lawyers, he made this astonishing admission. He was asked, did he have the power to stop Sidney Powell being invited on air to broadcast her wild claims? His answer, quote, I could have, but I didn't. And then I think there's one final step in what he said to the deposition, which I think is also very, very significant. And that is the question of money, to put it bluntly. He was asked by the Dominion lawyers in the deposition why he allowed Mike Lindell, who is a manufacturer of MyPillow, who is one of the most virulent election deniers. So Murdoch was asked, why was Mike Lindell allowed to continue going on air? Even after January the 6th, he was allowed to carry on going on air and saying uh, these lies. His answer was, it is not red or blue, it is green. It's not red or blue, it's green. In other words, Fox doesn't care about the politics, they care about the dollar bills. Murdoch wants to keep Mike Lindell happy, keep him buying ads on the network. Mike Lindell, his company, Mike Pillow, is a major buyer of ads on Fox News. And I suppose there's also a wider issue. Mike Lindell was much loved by Fox viewers who, you know, were very fond of the Stonewall election conspiracy theory. And so to have him on air was very popular. And that's good for ratings and ratings are good for business. Ed... These amount to some pretty stunning admissions from Murdoch and potentially a real shift to the way that he's handled scandals in the past that you told us about at the very beginning of our conversation. What is the significance of what Murdoch has said in this deposition? Well, we've already discussed how it punches a hole in the very strong First Amendment protection of absolute malice and it takes Dominion significantly closer to being able to to make a convincing argument in court when the trial starts that they were defamed and that Fox should be punished for that. But I think there's also almost a bigger point, which is that here we have him in his own words, from his own mouth, 
embracing the scandal, bringing it into himself, saying, yes, I knew. Yes, my people endorsed. Yes, I could have stopped them, but I didn't. Mm. And that, I think, is significant, both potentially legally, but also in terms of what's happening to Murdoch and the company, because it takes this particular scandal away from the level of Fox News hosts who could be potentially contained and dealt with, and it takes it right up into Rupert Murdoch's own personal office. And who knows what the longer-term consequences of that are going to be. Hmm. And so what is Fox News arguing in its defence to this lawsuit? What's their version of this story? Fox has been making a very robust pushback on Dominion's claims. They say that there's no evidence that Dominion itself was damaged by Fox coverage. They say the company remains successful, its business is good. So, you know, where's the damage in all this? Uh, More importantly, they say that Fox News as a news outlet had no choice but to cover these conspiracy theories and stories. I mean, Trump was still the sitting president of the United States. He was in the Oval Office at the time. Of course, they had to cover what he was doing, what he was saying. Uh, And then importantly, they're saying that when Fox News hosts came to discuss the election denial theories, they were doing so as commentators, not as news journalists. They weren't breaking news. They were commenting on it. And that's very, very important because comment is covered by the First Amendment as a a protected free speech. And so I think that's going to be the nub of their defence. They're also saying that all the things we've been discussing, all the quotes we've been citing from Murdoch and Fox hosts and others are excerpts. And they're saying that it's a distorted picture that Dominion is giving. And again, we won't know the full truth of that until we see all these full transcripts or hear a bigger picture if and when we get to court starting on April the 17th. And so with that qualification in mind, that we haven't really seen the full extent of Fox's defence here, what are legal experts telling you about Dominion's chance of winning this case, especially in light of what Rupert Murdoch told Dominion's lawyers in that deposition? Well, I think it's worth saying that some Fox watchers who I've spoken to think there have already been massive consequences. It's significant that, you know, we talked about Murdoch's deposition on the 19th and 20th of January. Well, only five days after that, Murdoch announced that he was cancelling a a very, very kind of high-profile remerger that had been proposed of News Corp and Fox Corp, two very important parts of the empire. And so that was going to be a huge deal. And so to cancel it was also a big deal. And some Fox observers are wondering whether what Murdoch said in that deposition uh, led to a rethinking because they felt maybe this could not be squared by Fox shareholders. Now, if shareholders know all this, which obviously they now do, it's possible we might start to see some shareholders introduce their own legal action. What about financially? You told me that Dominion is suing Fox for $1.6 billion. I mean, could the damages really extend that far if Fox loses? And what kind of blow would that be to the company? Yeah, we have to remember that Fox News is a license to print money. $1.6 billion sounds an enormous amount, but then set it against the $14 billion that Fox News brings in in revenue every year. So, you know, potentially they could weather it. I, I think, again, there's a question now that's arisen, which is, you know, the endorse word that that Murdoch agreed to in the deposition potentially opens up the prospect not just of 
Dominion's damages, but punitive damages, the idea that the jury might want to punish Fox, which could sort of multiply that figure considerably. I'm I'm still reeling slightly from the idea that Fox News makes $14 billion a year. That is astonishing. But one thing I'm wondering is, even aside from this lawsuit, the fact that they've been proven to have knowingly broadcast things they knew were baseless, could that hurt them in the ratings? I think it absolutely could hurt them in the ratings. And I think Fox continues to walk a tightrope in this area. And interestingly, it's not the tightrope you might imagine that uh, their viewers would be so upset that they were not being told the truth by Fox News that they would start watching CNN, for instance. It's, it's slightly the other direction. They, they would be so upset that Fox had capitulated or surrendered, uh, these are my words, to the quote-unquote woke lawyers of Dominion that they had started to criticise the idea that Trump wasn't the rightful president of the United States even to this day. And that's what they're dealing with. And they have to be extremely careful not to alienate almost the entirety of their viewership. Coming up, what this lawsuit might mean for Fox and what it might mean for Donald Trump. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book, meet up with a friend, maybe a little nap. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives – Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. Donald Trump, the man at the centre of this in many ways, is of course running for president again. Do you think Fox has been burned by this experience? How are they approaching his latest run, knowing on the one hand that their viewers love him, but on the other, that he can lead them down some pretty dangerous paths? 
Yeah, I think that's an extremely interesting question. And, and it's interesting, just a few days ago, Semaphore, which is a new startup newsroom, it reported that Trump's inner circle was going around grumbling that he's been, quote, soft banned by Fox. Um, and they point to, you know, real st- figures that show that the last time Trump was actually on air on Fox News was back in September when his friend Sean Hannity interviewed him. Hmm. And so it does seem to be that there's a real shift has happened. And, you know, we've talked about patterns of behavior in the past with Murdoch, how he deals with crises like this. And perhaps the, the biggest pattern of all is that nothing gets in the way of business. Nothing gets in the way of the health and the profit of his empire and his companies. And anyone who challenges the health of his companies will be ditched. And so maybe that's what we're seeing with Trump. Ed, finally, this case is about a lot of things. It's about Donald Trump. It's about the idea of truth itself and the media's obligation to report it. But it's also about Rupert Murdoch. And I want to know, where does this case go next? And given the unusual way that Murdoch has handled it, what do you think it tells us about the man himself? Well, we're currently in the summary judgment phase, and that is that Fox is trying to get the jury trial scrapped and, and persuade the judge, in this case, to decide the matter on his own. That's why we've been seeing all these documents, all these incredible emails and texts and these extraordinary depositions, because Dominion is pushing back with all this evidence saying, no, we can't possibly do that. We have to go to jury because we have a real uh, defamation case to be made here. We want a jury to hear it. So given these extraordinary revelations, I think summary judgment is kind of unlikely. So the next big question is, will there be a settlement before trial? And it's certainly the case that Rupert Murdoch likes to settle. Someone once said that if you counted up all the settlement monies paid out, it would be probably larger than the uh, gross national product of, of several countries. Right. We've talked about the kind of money involved, and maybe uh, Murdoch would think, well, 1.6 billion, we can swallow it and move on. But maybe, I don't know. I mean, Murdoch is a maddeningly difficult person to read, and I think people often make mistakes when they try and uh, they try and come to a conclusion about what he's up to. You know, we don't know their legal strategy, so we don't know why he said the things that he said. I've spoken to some Fox watchers who know the company intimately, know Murdoch intimately, and they have suggested to me that maybe at 91, maybe he's losing his touch. I think that's a possible explanation. Or maybe, I don't know, so late in his career and, his, and in his life, he's making an uncharacteristic decision that he wants to fight it out. He wants to fight out the legacy of, of his Fox empire, and he sees his trial as critical in that. I, I think both of those things are important and potentially accurate, but we just don't know the truth. Well, Ed, thank you for coming and running through these theories with us. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. That was Ed Pilkington, Guardian US's chief reporter, whose coverage of this story you can follow at theguardian.com. And that is it for today. This episode was produced by Tom Glasser. Sound design was by Felix Taylor. The executive producer was Phil Maynard. And we'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.